Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, is it possible for companies to hold corporate opinions on every political issue? Is it desirable? And can we listen to every voice in our workforce? My next guest's new book addresses all these issues. It's my pleasure to welcome Alison Taylor. She's a clinical professor at the NYU Stern School of Business, and she's the author of Higher Ground, How Business Can Do the Right Thing in a Turbulent World. Uh, good morning to you, Alison. You're very welcome to the programme. Thank you so much for having me. It's a delight to be here. Good. Now, let's get started. So this is a kind of a tricky area, isn't it? In the sense that, you know, one wants to do good, one tries to be ethical, but one needs to be really careful about what they say publicly and how it aligns with their own values. I'm speaking corporately now, of course. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. And, and and one thing we can kind of say right off the bat, right, is we don't even have good words to describe this problem. One of the things I found completely amazing when I was doing interviews for this book was how many uh, corporate ethics experts I spoke to who would get on the line with me and say, I try at all costs to avoid using the word ethics. So we've seen, of course, ESG and sustainability and doing the right thing and purpose and all this kind of jargon. But I think that indicates uh, the problem. I think that's an illustration of the problem of how difficult it has become to agree on this stuff or even talk about this stuff in a coherent way. Is there a, a temptation then for companies to say nothing or to put their heads in the sand as a means of saying nothing is better than being castigated publicly? I mean, I think a lot of leaders would prefer to say nothing and put their heads in the sand. And in fact, that used to be the consensus, right? We used to have this idea about business should be politically neutral. Business and politics are separate. Why should business get involved in controversial societal and environmental questions? And I think many leaders today would love to go back to that era. But um, the problem is that's not really possible anymore, because if you stay quiet, if you stay neutral, if you don't say anything, that's very often seen is taking a position in itself. So the way I would put this is that that neutral middle ground that used to be so comfortable for business has become a bit of a quicksand. Yeah. And if we take maybe maybe a, maybe a, a sort of a crude example. So say there's a business um, and they have, you know, they have their own values, they have their own strategy. And one of theirs is a profit goal. And a supplier comes over the hill and can supply a significant raw material at 50% of what they're currently paying. Isn't there, again, a, a temptation to justify that on the basis of, well, we have these financial goals that we said that we were going to increase our target by X, and, you know, that you can almost make it fit. Do, do you see any evidence of that? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a psychological phenomenon, right, called motivated reasoning, where we look for uh, evidence that supports our worldview already. And I think we can kind of see that the current leadership teams, current boards have been focused on growth at all costs for a long time. There are a lot of uh, factors and mechanisms in society reinforcing that worldview. So yeah, of course, if a, if a supplier comes to a company and says, we can do it faster and cheaper, it's very, very difficult difficult to say no um, on on ethical grounds and very, very easy to convince yourself that that supplier is worth doing business with um, above your current supplier. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, 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 I've come across this myself in the past. And again, I often, you're right, it's become a bit of a minefield. Maybe let's look at some examples that people might be familiar with. If we talk about Nike and Black Lives Matters, if we talk about uh, transgender rights with Budweiser, maybe two examples of where, you know, speaking publicly about maybe what they thought was a, a non-related issue to the sales of product became a real issue for both those companies. Yeah, I think the challenge was kind of slightly different. I think Bud Light's problem was um, thinking about its marketing strategy, maybe not in a very sensible way, given the identity of the brand, but thinking about its marketing strategy separate from the commitments and values the organization had made. So it was one thing to, to put out this maybe badly thought through marketing strategy. It was another thing that when there was a backlash, the CEO kind of just started a apologizing for what his own company had done and fired the marketing manager. I think that just looks really skittish and, and, and directionless. I think, um, I think though, on this issue in general, on, on LGBTQ issues, I think much of corporate America and many corporations were taken by surprise by this organization, this kind of organized backlash, because actually standing up for these things has been a fairly, fairly sensible thing to do for a long time. Corporations have supported Pride Month for a long time time without any backlash. So one of the things I think this illustrates is how predict unpredictable rather uh, a reputational risk um, and social media backlash has become and how many, um, you know, organized forces are behind that trying to uh, direct our views and direct our sentiment in a certain way. Right. Uh, and is there any defense is not knowing, you know, again, if I'm a company and I'm involved with a business and I don't know maybe what's going on in their in their culture, in their marketplace, or in their region. That's surely not a justifiable defense, or is it? Well, I mean, I think I think many of these dynamics and the you know the how to predict the issues that are kind of come back and bite you on social media is genuinely pretty difficult. Um, it can genuinely be pretty difficult to anticipate um, how uh, the media, how people on social media, how the general public are going to react to something you do. But maybe you know one way to to think through this is maybe what you need to be doing is taking positions and. And speaking up and tying your brand identity to fewer issues and picking issues that are actually directly relevant to your business rather than feeling you have to be out there taking a position on everything under the sun. And is there a danger that social media now effectively sets the agenda, Alison? Oh, yeah. I think it's very often become the, the tail that wags the dog of corporate strategy. I think we're, we're sort of seeing governance by Twitter playing out there. Obviously, it's not called Twitter anymore. So, um, and, and I think all of this um, relates to the fact that a lot of people uh, that work on questions of sustainability and business ethics have told companies that the reason to go about 
trying to do something about climate change or inequality or whatever it might be is because you'll have a better reputation. So I think that, you know, one of the problems is we've tied all this to reputational risk and PR questions. So we shouldn't be surprised if CEOs therefore see these things as PR questions. Um, I think a bigger problem as well is that many of our CEOs, or if not all of our CEOs, they've kind of got the general counsel in one ear and the head of communications in another ear. And it, it, it generates a sort of um, paranoia about what you are and aren't allowed to say and can sound really tone deaf. Right. And uh, what about greenwashing? Is that almost happening now by default? Because everybody wants to be seen to be doing the right thing environmentally, etc. But really, you know, many companies are being kind of tokenistic about it. I mean, I think that's exactly right. I mean, I think all of this comes from the um, the kind of idea, which is never properly stated, but it really is the underlying driver that all these things um, are PR based. If you think about, um, you know, you think about all the investor interest in these in these environmental and social topics, um, I think it's not super surprising that if we're saying to companies, investors are going to look at these factors and they're going to score you and rate you and provide capital or withdraw capital based on how well or badly you're doing. I don't think it's super surprising that what we see is companies trying to show themselves in the best light possible and tell the best story possible, um, even if it's not necessarily true. I think, uh, you know, an even bigger problem is that we have a tendency to act as if all this stuff is simple and without trade-offs and just do the right thing for your stakeholders and everyone will like you. Whereas in fact, if it's the energy transition or paying workers a living wage or a host of other questions, there are trade-offs. This stuff is actually very, very difficult to get right. So I don't know we've done any, anyone any favors by acting as if these these things are simple, whereas in fact, they're incredibly difficult. Yeah. And it's probably hard to generalize, but is there advice that you'd give to particular companies then about what they should comment on, what they shouldn't comment on, and indeed how they should comment? Absolutely. So I've got a, a new article uh, out in Harvard Business Review this week uh, called Corporate Advocacy in a Time of Social Outrage. And that suggests a list of questions um, people can ask. So I would say, though, at a high level, a couple of things. Um, the first thing is, if you're setting environmental and social priorities, focus on issues your business um, actually influences, focus on issues your business can actually solve. Don't feel tempted to stand up on tangential issues that aren't anything to do with your business. Mm -hmm. uh, that said, if it is a question of diversity, equity, inclusion, culture, um, you know, workers' rights, workers' psychological safety, nobody that employs people can say that's got nothing to do with them. So I don't think this may make life uh, any easier for people on questions of um, of things like, you know, race and gender um, and, and LGBTQ rights and that kind of thing. I think all companies have to wrestle with those questions and, and many, many uh, employees are expecting corporate leaders to stand up for them and stand up for their rights and take a position on those issues. So those are maybe the trickiest um, uh, parts of this conversation. All right. Well, look, it's a, it's a fascinating subject and it's a book that's well worth a read. Uh, thanks indeed to Alison Taylor, a clinical professor at NYU Stern School of Business and author of Higher Ground, How Business Can Do the Right Thing in a Turbulent World. Thank you indeed, Alison. Thanks so much for having me.
Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.